0: So, um, so we're, gonna, you know, we're doing this Christmas in reverse, and I'm going to kind of recap a little bit, because we, we had this two weeks ago, was the first of this series, and then last week, like we, we said, we had Jeff Singletary um, from the uh, Florida Baptist Convention here with us. And so I just want to really, really, really quickly recap what we did two weeks ago. And, and we're in our Matthew chapter 2, and we're, we're starting all the way where, where Jesus was already born, and the wise men are there. And then we're ending up today, you don't know yet, and then we're going to end up at Christmas Eve on Saturday, way, 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 way before Jesus was ever born. So it's kind of like Christmas in reverse, but I really think it's helping us shed some new light or new perspective on this holiday season. And we talked about the wise men who came, and they had to prepare their gifts, they had to to go the distance, they had to have a long, long, long journey. If you remember, James uh, James Wolfe was up here with his noodle arms trying to hold a weight. I'm going to use that nickname as much as I can. And, uh, yeah, so James is up here trying to hold the weight. And the, the gifts that the Magi brought had to go to the distance. Everything they packed had to go a long, long, long way. And because they were expecting to meet Jesus. And and some of us have already set out on this holiday journey, this Christmas story. And we've actually forgotten where we're going. We're getting ready to meet Jesus, at least as far as a day on a calendar tells us. And we're not ready. We don't have a gift to bring for Jesus. And we kind of settled on this point that wise men still seek Jesus. Wise men still seek Jesus. It wasn't just something that happened thousand years ago and that was a one time, once and done. Yeah, that was great. No, wise men still seek Jesus. You today are wise if you seek Jesus. And when you're seeking Jesus, yes, there's going to be some mountains to go over, there's going to be some valleys where you, again, like this morning, might feel alone. And it's going to be a long journey, and you don't know what to expect. But nevertheless, wise men and women today still seek Jesus. And so if you're seeking Jesus, and you're hoping to arrive you know, at, at Jesus' doorstep, let's call it Christmas Eve, right? What gift are you bringing Him? Not what gift are you going to receive. Maybe the new Xbox Slim, right? Maybe it's a, a, a new dress or new toys, no, 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 not what gift are you going to receive. What gift are you going to bring to Jesus? What is that going to be? A lot of us, were just not ready for that moment. But wise men still seek Jesus. And we look from Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 and 2, which says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over all the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. So the question again is, are you going to seek Jesus this Christmas? So that's kind of recapping where we were two weeks ago today. We're going to continue this Christmas in reverse story. I'm going to pull out my large print Bible. Um, If you want to turn yours on on your smartphone or app, that's great. If you want to look to your left, if you need one, we have 122 brand new ESV donated Bibles to us, which I'm really excited about. And so you can go grab one of those, and if you don't have a Bible of your own, just take it with you. Write your name in it in permanent ink, and that is yours. Um, so uh, turn, uh, if you have this, it's not going to be on the screen today, but turn to Matthew chapter 1, we're going to keep working our Christmas in reverse, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, and we're going to dive right in. We're going to read two scriptures, and then we're going to evaluate. Sounds good? Okay. Well, not like you have a choice, I'm talking, so... When Joseph woke from the sleep, he did just as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name, there's the one we know, Jesus, right? Emmanuel, God with us. Yeshua, God saves. That's the Hebrew root of that. So that's our first passage. That's kind of Joseph's perspective. Let's bounce over to Luke. the Book of Luke, again here in chapter 1. This time, verse 26 through 38. Luke chapter 1, 26 through 38. And this is kind of Mary's story. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. That's important. Remember that. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her, who is called barren. And that was John the Baptist. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And we're going to dive right into a few points to evaluate this this morning. Two great scriptures, right? Two key scriptures, but, you know, we forget one, one big point. Mary and Joseph still had to accept Jesus. Even Mary and Joseph had to accept Jesus. So do we. I think we breeze past this point in the Christmas story when we do it the usual way, but maybe going in reverse, it helps us look at things a little bit differently. You see, we often breeze past this point and we're like, oh yeah, Mary, we hear the story so much, we just, it's a given. Oh sure, that happened. Yeah, angel, yeah, Joseph, yeah, Mary, everything's fine. Because that's normal, right? But the first people who actually had to accept Jesus as Jesus was his own parents, Joseph and Mary. And we need to look at that this way. We need to accept Jesus. Now, what do I mean by that? Let's, let's look. I've got a little pin here, one of our fun little True Life Church pins. We're going to talk about gravity for a second, not the cool little Sandra Bullock movie, but the physical, you know, ma- the, what is gravity? You know, it's not a matter of whether I think gravity exists or not, right? But I actually have to accept that it exists, right? So it doesn't matter if I think this pin's going to go up or go down. If I drop it, gravity says what? This pin's going to fall, right? Let's try it again. You think it's going to have a different result? Yes? No. What about this time? <laughs> third time, third time the charm's going to go up? Okay. So it doesn't matter. Does it matter if I think gravity exists or not? No. Actually you just have to accept that gravity does exist. I could do this all day. <laughs> Gravity's gonna say this pin's gonna keep dropping, right? And we can sit around debating within ourselves or within other people or with our friends whether Jesus came or not. We can debate whether he was the one who he said he was or not, uh, whether he did all those miracles. Or not, or that he died on a cross and rose from the dead or not. We can debate that. All day. We can think that it happened or it didn't happen. But like gravity, at some point, we have to come with the reality that it happened. We have to accept it. The words we read here in the New Testament today were talked about so much that they actually had to be written down in multiple different accounts in multiple different languages at that time which is something that nothing else had ever been done that way this was so important that, like you know what we we've been talking about this for like 10 15 20 50 100 years we got to write all this down like people thousands and thousands and thousands of years from now need to know what went down i'm going to write it down so that they know you ignoring to choosing to think that this happened or or didn't happen It's kind of like this pen. At some point in time, we just have to accept it. If we can. Why is it so easy for us to accept the scientist's best explanation that all this random stuff just exploded and was here? Why is it so hard for us to accept that the same God who created all of that around us can choose to make his presence known in the form of a baby With that immaculate conception. Coming in to be one of us. What's more, it wasn't just that Mary and Joseph had to accept Jesus. It wasn't just enough that they had to accept God in the form of their son. They also had to accept God as the Father and as the Holy Spirit. So do we. You see, if, if we accept one of these, let's say you say, oh, okay, Jesus, I got that. If you accept one of these, it's easiest to accept the baby form, right? Jesus, that's really easy. Baby Jesus, he's so sweet, he's so small, he's so innocent, he's so helpless sitting in there, a little manger, like right out of a Precious Moments figurine collection you have in your brain. This is what happened in little shepherds and, and little sheep and a little, little manger scene, a little stable. So cute, This is the easy part for us to accept. And this is why Christmas is so popular, right? Because this is the Jesus before He starts telling us how we should live our lives. This is the Jesus before He tosses tables in the temple, before before He performs miracles that we can't rationally explain, before He makes us self-aware of our sin as He hangs on a cross for it. Before he rises from the dead, it defies all logical or scientific possibilities. The problem with only accepting this baby form of Jesus, only this once every 12 months or so, is that then this season becomes all about how he came, not what he was about to do. And when we only accept baby Jesus without also accepting the older Jesus, God is the Father and, and God is the Holy Spirit as our guide, our faith actually never grows beyond this manger scene. We're stuck as spiritual infants who never leave that stable environment. You'll get that later. It's a joke. Thank you, James. Noodles on point. <sighs> We're stuck as spiritual infants then. Never leave that stable environment. And Mary and Joseph had to, in one moment, not just accept God to be their son, which is weird enough, right? But also accept God as their father and God as the Holy Spirit. You see, Mary couldn't just be fine with baby Jesus. <laughs> yeah, okay, great, yes, baby Jesus, whoa. And not also agree to the Holy Spirit who put the baby in her womb. We read that in both stories. The Holy Spirit put Jesus there and also the father who sent the angel to tell her she wouldn't get baby jesus without also accepting the holy spirit that put jesus in her and, and listening and joseph listening to the angel that god the father sent and if we're going to accept jesus as the son as the baby this christmas we also have to accept god as our father loving caring and yet sometimes disciplining we also have to accept the holy spirit as our guide as our help Right here, the Emmanuel still with us today. And we're probably going to talk more about this on Super Bowl Sunday. But if you're having problems wrapping your brain around the Trinity, let's break it down for you. And the best way, football. It's bowl season. Woo! Maybe your team made it to play in one. Mine did. Um, So I'm excited. Uh, So maybe you are watching some football. And, And think of it this way. You have offense. You have defense. You have special teams, right? right nods yes do we not watch the football this is my best analogy come on y'all don't leave me all right we we have offense defense and special teams and and just like the the trinitarian god we can't just accept only the offense and then pretend the defense and the special teams don't exist your team would lose every game because they only have offense or they only have defense or they only have special teams that would be rough right you see all three of them make up one team right The Bengals, Atlanta Falcons, right? Colts, Steelers, whatever it is. Bears. Who? Who? (laughs) Who? Oh, the deflatriates. Okay. All right. It doesn't matter what team you're rooting for. That team is made up of three parts. Offense, defense, and special teams. You don't get the whole team... Without one, without having all three. And a lot of us like just accepting baby Jesus, but we don't like God the Father because He kind of feel like he disciplines us sometimes, and he does. Or we don't like God the Holy Spirit as much because it's like someone else's control controlling my life. Leading, guiding, talking. Am I crazy? Who am I talking to? Those things weird us out a little bit. It's easy for us to accept baby Jesus when he's again so sweet, so innocent in our minds, and we forget about everything that he actually came to do. If we're going to really accept Jesus this Christmas, you have to also accept God as your Father and let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Fun facts. I know we like fun facts here. I got some statistics of a survey that's actually blowing my mind from a few years ago, and it's from the Pew Research Center survey. So it's a church-based research, and here's some survey. Here's some survey for you. About 9 in 10 Americans, 92%, and nearly all Christians, 96%, say they celebrate Christmas. It's pretty interesting, right? 92% of all Americans and nearly all Christians, and this is the one that kind of really weirds me out. Wait a second. There are 4% of Christians that don't do anything for Christmas? Don't celebrate or don't believe? What's happening here? There are Christians without Christmas. The survey says that this is no surprise, but what might be more unexpected is that a big majority, actually 81% of non-Christians in the U.S. also celebrate Christmas. This includes 87% of people with no religion celebrating Christmas. Again, really easy to accept baby Jesus. But we can't just stop there. 73% say that Jesus was born to a virgin. 73%. 81% believe he was laid in a manger. Similar shares say that wise men guided by a star brought Jesus gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. 75% say that an angel of the Lord appeared to shepherds to announce the birth of Jesus. Here's the kicker. Nearly two-thirds of U.S. adults, 65%, now this is total across America, 65% of U.S. adults believe that actually all four of these things happened. Are you seeing the disconnect like I am? Angels, shepherds, wise men, Jesus in a manger, born to a virgin. 96% of Christians, 65% actually believing it happened. Okay, I think I know why. We got one more scripture today. Turn over to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. We're not done with these survey results yet either. Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. So Jesus, he went away from there and came to his hometown, which was, if you remember from earlier, Nazareth. Hometown Nazareth. And his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is this not the, the carpenter? The son of Mary, and, and brother of James, and, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? And, and aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to him, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, and among his relatives, and in his own household. And he could do, he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because... Of their unbelief. And he went out. He left there. He went out about among the villages teaching. This leads us to our last point. Jesus' hometown, his village, needed to accept him. So do we. Nazareth didn't make that choice. Jesus grew up there, and and they had the hardest time to believe that this guy coming back was like, wait a second, this is the Jesus we all know growing up as a kid? The carpenter's son, right? Yeah, okay, just make sure, you know, because there's lots of, you know, Yeshua's running around maybe, you know, like, what, what's going on with this guy? His sisters are over here, like, this is the same dude we're talking about, right? Yeah, okay. Where does he get all the, what's the, 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 the know-how? These are asking their questions. He was not accepted in his home, hometown. You know who Jesus' hometown today is? It's us. We are Nazareth today. This is why the survey results, they don't make any sense. 96% of Christians celebrating Christmas. 81% of everybody in America celebrating Christmas, even without religions. 65% of them actually only believe in that a few of those things even happened. It's a disconnect of mind-boggling proportions. We are the Nazareth. The church is Jesus's Nazareth all over again. The fact is that many, if not most of us from the surveys just proves that we, we actually have the hardest time accepting Jesus. We do. You see, when Jesus went around teaching and healing, one thing was always true. The village didn't change Jesus. Jesus changed the village. The village did not change Jesus. Jesus changed the village. And this morning, maybe your village just needs to be changed by Jesus. Maybe you're one of those statistics who, who have grown up in a faith-based family and everything was okay. Maybe you went to, to a Christian school or maybe you were homeschooled and somehow that counts for something. Maybe you had a few great friends who maybe just didn't necessarily steer you down the wrong path, but maybe they weren't great, great either. Maybe you lived a, just a decent life, a good life, and it's a wonderful life, life. Never really messing up, but maybe never really growing up in your faith either. Still in that infancy. Maybe you've known Jesus when you were growing up, that kid in your village when you were young. But it seems like lately he's trying to show up in your life and you're like, who's this guy? You're like, who? I know who you are. You're that little flannel board Jesus I learned about as a kid. You're that, that Jesus I, I, I knew growing up singing Songs that I still can't get out of my brain. Jesus loves me this time. I'm still stuck up there. Can't get it out. That's, I, I, know, I know you, Jesus. You were, you were there with me when I was growing up. I know you are. You're, you're that baby that came and, and was prophesied about or some such thing back in such such a time which maybe angels and maybe wise men and maybe a Virgin Mary and maybe shepherds actually all came together. 65% of me doesn't know. Look, you're back in my village now, and and to be honest, I don't really want you here. I like my life the way it is, right? I've gotten by okay, mostly. And I'm pretty uncomfortable with you showing up and trying to do some miracle in my life because, you know what, that would mean that I wasn't okay to begin with. That I actually needed his help. If any part of that is you today, then your village needs to be changed because you're not going to change Jesus. But Jesus can change your village. You won't be able to change him because of his love, his mercy, his grace for you. But maybe your village does need to be changed by Jesus. You can't just accept him as a baby without accepting him on the cross. You can't just accept the Son without also accepting the Father and the Holy Spirit. You can't change Jesus, but Jesus can change you. He can take the paralytic parts of your village, of your life, of your heart, and can make them walk again. He can make the blind part of you get direction with new eyes that you thought you never could see your way out of that situation. He can take the broken, bleeding, scarred, lame, deaf, mute, and addicted parts of your village... Your life and change them all. And all you have to do is just what Mary and Joseph did when they found out. You just have to accept him. This Christmas story, we can get so used to, we just forget it all. Because it's us who actually has to wrestle with accepting Jesus this Christmas. Of being wise men to pursue Him, to go on a journey to find Him. So I don't know where He's going to be. I don't know how far this journey is going to go, but I'm going to make step after step after step discovering where Jesus is. Maybe your village has had a rough 2016. Just need to accept him. Not just as the infant baby Jesus because of what he came as, but what he came to do. Who he came to be. That's to die for you and die for me. And live again so that we might live again with him. That is Christmas. Let's pray. I'm going to invite the band up.